Welcome to my podcast. It's a pleasure to have an old friend uh, back uh, back with me today, Patricia Latanzio, who I worked with over the last 12 years when she was a school commissioner for the uh, English Montreal School Board. She was also the chair of the Comité de Gestion de, de la Taxe Scolaire. She then moved on to become a city councillor in the borough of St. Leonard, uh, a practicing lawyer, uh, Patricia, I thought I was a multitasker, but uh, I guess you're one too, correct? Correct. And and so now here you are, 83% of the vote. You kind of got in late because there was a change in candidates. Nonetheless, you campaigned hard. You won 83% of the vote. Uh, why did you decide to take this step in your career? Well, I think that uh, the time had come for me to sort of put uh, all my uh, – uh, acquired experiences both politically and professionally to use and uh, I I wanted to continue to serve my constituents of St. Leonard. Um, I did inherit uh, St. Leonard, uh, St. Michel East, pardon me, um, a smaller section of St. Leonard. I just wanted to put to good use um, you know the acquired skills and to be able to be the uh, voice for my constituents at the federal level. And, and uh, I know it's been, I mean, in the early going, you got elected and things were normal. Uh, now they're not normal. But um, how has the experience been so far being a member of parliament? Because you're dealing with constituents in a different manner. Okay. I will tell you that it's been uh, quite uh, a surprise. Uh, me, who was thinking of getting away from local government because that's what uh, being a school board commissioner and a city councillor uh, allows you to do. It, it, you know, it allows you to be closer to your constituents. So uh, here I was thinking that I was going to Ottawa and do a little bit of governance a little bit more remotely, and uh, COVID has proven me wrong. It has allowed me to keep on uh, practicing the local governance um, with the constituents. So it's been... It's been a challenge. It's been a crisis, to say the least. But uh, again, it's given given myself and my team uh, the opportunity to reach out, uh, call, be close to uh, associations and people and representatives and hear what their um, needs were. Um, And we've been doing this ever since we've been uh, here back ever since March 13th. So we've been uh, working uh, remotely, of course, uh, from our homes. Um, gradually, we got back to working in in the constituency office, but unfortunately, we're not uh, able to meet uh, citizens, not as of yet, but uh, we've been working. We've been working very hard. What kind of uh, writing is this, St. Leonard and St. Michel? I'm sure there's people from all walks of life, and I'm sure there's a lot of people who have been experiencing tough times during this pandemic. Yeah, you're correct. Uh, St. Leonard St. Michel is a writing that's very multicultural. Um, again, uh, it, 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 uh, it, has, uh, it represents um, a, still a strong population of, uh, of Italians, of Italian origins, uh, French Canadians, uh, Haitians, and uh, people of Maghreb um, uh, origin. So it's, it's very diverse um, and different needs. And the needs basically are um, for the uh, aging population. St. Leonard has a very large aging population and, uh, and youth. Uh, so the, um, for the aging population, the main, um, let's just say, obstacle of uh, COVID was basically isolation and how to reach out to the elderly and how to 
sort of break the walls of isolation and, and try to get them services um, and, and whatever they needed in terms of groceries, medication. So that was the challenge for the elderly. And as for the youth, well, of course, uh, it was the uh, rate of unemployment. So um, it was to be able to uh, get uh, them uh, provisions and measures to be able to uh, deal with the repercussions, negative repercussions of COVID. So the Canadian government, of course, no one had a playbook for this. This was all new, uh, but they did step up quite quickly in terms of the CERB and other pro-waste yeah. subsidy. And, and how has that benefited people in your constituency? Well, again, uh, you know, it, it has helped the uh, small businesses also uh, in terms of uh, getting them uh, to keep uh, their businesses and keep their employees and ask for the CERB, well, it, it, it motivated uh, the uh, working force to be able to, um, you know, stay on the job and still get paid uh, from from their businesses. I'm sorry, from the uh, wage subsidy. So employers were given the opportunity to uh, keep employees um, stepping up and paying for 25, 75% of the wages and employees knew that they had a job and, and they could have kept a job uh, with this uh, wage subsidy. And as for the youth, well, uh, you know, the CERB, as you know, uh, so far has provided 8.16 million individuals uh, with this assistance. Uh, these are the latest stats that we've received as of June 28th. And the um, and uh, 3.7 million families have benefited from a special one-time 300 top-up uh, CCB for each child. So that's that's another incentive that went out to uh, help uh, families. Um, there was a GST credit, the one the special one-time payment through the GST credit. 12 million low and modest income individuals and families have received this uh, payment throughout the country, of course. Um, and um, 1.4 billion uh, to over billion dollars to over 600,000 students through the CESB has been provided. Also, so these are different measures that have come to help Canadians across the country. Now, with regards to my writing, I can tell you that the um, the one-time uh, tax-free payment for the elderly uh, has been well received. Was well received last week um, of 300 dollars. And those that were eligible for the GIS, which was the uh, income supplement, also received an additional $200. So um, that was a welcomed uh, measure. And, uh, of course, for the youth, uh, you know, various applications have been made online for the CEPA. And so lots of measures that have been put in place for different individuals from different walks of life that have been able to uh, benefit from the uh, programs and measures put forth by our government. So moving forward, obviously life is not per normal now in, in Parliament, but you've got some exciting challenges ahead. One of them I noticed that you, you become a member of the Standing Committee on Official Languages. That sounds interesting. It is. It is um, because, um, as you know, being a school board commissioner uh, for uh, English Montreal, we've had uh, challenges over the years with regards to the English minor language um, uh, stakeholders. And so this is going to be giving me, has given me, is going to continue giving me the opportunity to be able to be the voice for our English-speaking minority groups. And uh, one of the, um, the mandates uh, of, the, uh, of this committee is to reform the uh, language uh, law 
that is already in place, but more importantly, we're working on uh, the issue of the census. So we are um, we've we've met we've uh, we've heard from different um, witnesses representing the minority French minority across uh, the country as well as the English minority here in Quebec and they want to very much um, have the census reflect um, all uh, citizens. And not just as you as you know, uh, the old form was the long form, and it was just distributed to a very selected um, number of of of, uh, of citizens, and not everybody was able to be surveyed. So what we are um, advocating is that all citizens be uh, surveyed, and questions particularly to uh, language, uh, mother tongue, language of instruction, so that we can enlarge. Uh, the, the the survey and have a better um, a better idea of of, of uh, minority languages that exist uh, in both Quebec and across the country, so that we have the tools to be able to say with almost certitude, uh, you know, and ensure that the minority language continue to be uh, well uh, represented and well served. Very, very impressive. So my, my final question is um, something else for you to look forward to is that uh, you're going to be part of some parliamentary associations and interparliamentary groups. There's a lot of them, too many to mention, but the ones mm-hmm. that peaked out here are the Canada-Italy interparliamentary group and the Canada-United States interparliamentary groups. So you might even get to meet Donald Trump, uh, Patricia. <laughs> uh, yeah, those, uh, those are interesting too. So uh, it will give us an opportunity or it will give me an opportunity to be able to work uh, on policies uh, and agreements that are that are carried out uh, between our country and the various uh, countries across the world. And as you know, uh, with the Kuzma uh, or the Free Trade Agreement uh, 2.0, um, you know, you just, you know, uh, get uh, more uh, knowledge in terms of what, what it is to be trading with other countries, how you can improve the trading relationships, how you can improve uh, the policies between uh, different countries. So, yeah, it seems really interesting, and I'm really looking forward to it. All right. Well, listen, I want to wish you the best of luck. I know you're going to do a great job, and we'll stay in touch. So thanks for being my guest. I thank you for having me. All right. My guest has been Patricia Latanzio, Member of Parliament, new Liberal Member of Parliament.